social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is DePietro.com. It is Tuesday, and uh, boy, there's a lot going on. A couple of things I, w- I want to just start off that we will talk about in length. One is, I, I have to mention it, you know, yesterday uh, came to light that, they w- first of all, there was a lot of, uh, it was like basically a riot around the PC campus on Friday. I have the video posted on the website, DePietro.com. But Coach Cooley, the coach of the uh, Providence College basketball team, he was asked about apparently one of the players claims that someone wrote on their car in frost because it was so chilly uh, over the weekend, the N-word. And so the local media starts running with the story. As a matter of fact, one local person said that it was probably it was right wing racist white women, white right wing racist Trump supporters that attend PC or, you know, are up on the campus that did it. So I want to play, though. Coach Cooley was asked about it. And and he says, you know, how the players so upset about what they saw in the in the down, frost. Can, you know, same thing if it would be if it was you, you know, uh, you know, if that's something that and it's that negative and that vulgar, he's not going to feel good about it. So I want to be sensitive to his feelings. I want to be sensitive to the players feelings. I want to be sensitive to everybody who's different and their feelings. You know what I'm saying? And those of you who did that. Hopefully you learn something from this. All right, I'll just cut to the chase, folks. The surveillance video is out in in the the people. If you look at it, and again, I'll I'll have it up on the website, but I certainly have it on Facebook. Channel ten has it. Channel twelve has that. I think Channel six might have it. But anyhow, but no, it's 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 kind of what a lot of people had expected. Other than members of the media, or not everybody, not everyone, but certain members that were running with this thing. This is right wing. These have got to be Trump supporters. Could who knows? Uh, it's white supremacist. It's uh, it's you know, proud boy. This whole big thing, and if you look at the video, it looks like young black kids from Chad Brown. Anyway, the people in the video, that part is without question. They are African American. So, so some kids that look like punks, African Americans, not white supremacists, were in fact the ones that wrote the N word in frost on the car of a PC player. So everyone needs to another another great story ruined by an eyewitness and ruined by the fact that they have video that shows that it's not. I guess PC doesn't have a white supremacist problem. So the BLM march is now canceled. Turns out it looks like it was just some young black punks from Chad Brown. Folks, this has been an ongoing situation and problem at Providence College where the and even the media won't even, you know, check the story. They won't even mention that they're young black males that are doing it. You can see the picture. You can see the video. That's who did it. And here's a memo to the media. It's not racist. If you identify, I'm looking at that picture, that person looks Asian. It looks like that is, just as an example, an Asian female. Or who's this person? That looks like a black female. That looks like a white male, whatever it may be. But now the media won't even identify who it is. Uh, in these pictures, here are the people that are suspected. Well, you can see them writing on the car. The video is pretty clear. What has happened that the media is afraid to? And they immediately jumped that it was white supremacists. Immediately jumped into the narrative. White supremacists have descended on Providence College. This is atrocious. Now, also, folks, Channel 12, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later. But uh, I'll tell you, the McKee administration the the governor is is in trouble because they keep playing and it's their own doing by the way so channel 12 did a uh, very extensive story um suspects seen on surveillance footage etching racial slurs and defrost on vehicles in pc parking lot and you know these look like the same kids that are in my riot video that's what it looks like if you want to find them i guarantee you go to chad brown but channel 12 broke the story mckee advisor wrote blueprint for the five million dollar contract uh i've heard all i want to hear from the mckee people on top of that channel 12 even disclosed that they were putting they wanted correspondence and they put uh mike and instead they they didn't give him correspondence that said michael so they may think they're being cute with that but they're not helping let me hear some of this uh, tim white story on 
Governor McKee. It's a little in-depth, but it makes the case. Friends of McKee. For a close of the, governor. the documents include emails from inside the highest offices of state government and show the governor's office was eager to get a contract signed. Target 12 investigator Tim White is here now with the exclusive yep. details. There he is. A public records request with the state. Target 12 secured over 2,000 wow. pages of messages, Woo. calendar entries, and other oh material, boy. including a never-before-seen email, which helped set this process in motion. Wow. On March 5th, three days after Governor Dan McKee was sworn in, the governor's office held a Zoom meeting to discuss new education consultants. On the call with the governor was his then chief of staff, Tony Silva, Department of Administration Tony Silva. Jim Thorson, head of state purchasing Nancy McIntyre, and Michael McGee, the governor's longtime close confidant and campaign donor, and a member of his transition team. McGee is also head of the education nonprofit Chiefs for Change. During the meeting, he floated the possibility of hiring a firm called ILO Group, which his top deputy at Chiefs for Change had just incorporated the day before. Less than an hour after that Zoom, McGee sent the meeting participants this email, laying out how they should word the bidding document for the taxpayer-funded contract. McGee wrote that the chosen firm would support all aspects of school reopening and build out the governor's municipal education programs. He added, we want one vendor and valued the contract at between 12 and $15 million. Within days, Director Thorson forwarded that email to other senior state officials, writing, Governor McKee called this morning to ask me, if we can move this along. By June, McGee's subordinate had landed the bulk of the contract with ILO Group's award valued at over $5 million. That raised a red flag oh, with John Marion, head wow. of Common Cause Rhode Island. So it's very unusual yep. for someone outside of government to be telling government what to do that's right. when they write uh, an RFP wow. uh, that's ultimately... You know, Not good. It also alarmed State Representative Jason Knight, who yep. previously grilled state officials about ILO as a member of the House Oversight Committee. I understand the need, the desire to move government faster, and there are ways to do that. There are ways to make it more efficient, but contract what's on controversy the in the books is not the way to go. Knight reviewed the new emails obtained by Target 12. It looks to be that the governor's staff, in ways large and small, over time said let's try to steer let's try to steer this business towards yep. the silo group for That's whatever right. the reasons are but it's not the right way to do it wow. the spokesperson for the governor tells target 12 mckee sought the advice of dr mike mcgee a national education expert who volunteered his time throughout the transition and while dr mcgee did make suggestions based off his expertise it was an independent review committee that evaluated right. the proposals and recommended the firm for hire in this letter sent to Target 12, a lawyer for the governor's office said they withheld 135 documents related to ILO, which what? they say they don't have to release under state law. Wow. McKee has insisted he was not involved in the procurement process that led to ILO I being selected. I don't get a say. I don't sit in the room and do the scoring. False. I don't get it in the room not true. Have it brought to me. Yet the email show McKee's office was hands-on throughout the process. Wow. On May 4th, after ILO's initial offer came Whew. in millions of dollars higher than those of other bidders, a state lawyer wrote we need to get this wrapped up my well, understanding is that the expectation from the governor is that this will not be less than 22,000 hours for this project so why is the governor's people saying it should contain a specific because uh, they want it to be a certain amount of money should contain a specific amount of hours wow that are needed to accomplish the job Presumably, that would be coming from the Department of Education. That's right. He says he doesn't think the bidding process for the ILO contract was truly competitive. My goal is, is that everybody learns their lesson, and this doesn't happen again. <laughs> we reached out to Michael McGee and the ILO group. Both declined to comment wow. for this report, citing an ongoing investigation by yes. the Attorney General's office. And the state police. The Target 12 investigators, Tim White. 12 names. All right, so folks, very good job by Channel 12 on that. And uh, we're Governor... Listen, this this is Dan McKee. Uh, they came into office. He was trying to steer this contract to his friend. He was successful. Now they've been caught. And now we're going to see how this uh, breaks out. But not good. All right. A lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen. 
whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired. 401-272-3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, talk about, now the Biden people are saying the economy is going great and they can't even keep up with the demand. But uh, joining us right now is Gene Marks. And uh, Gene, I, I just don't see where the Biden administration, what they're saying matches up with what people are, are actually experiencing. Yeah, I, I, John, it's good to speak with you. And yeah, I, um, I, I agree with you. That is not what I am seeing um, among my clients. I mean, just just to make sure that we're clear, I mean, I, I run a, a, I'm a CPA. I have a financial services firm outside of Philadelphia. We have about 600 active clients that are small and mid-sized businesses. And, um, you know, the narrative I get from them, because I speak to many of them all the time, is that they are really challenged with um, significant obstacles right now um, for navigating their way out of this pandemic. They're obviously supply chain and cost pressures are significant to them. And uh, labor disruption, finding good people has been very, very tough. So the rosy view that the Biden administration is giving is just I'm just not seeing that in the field, man. You know, I mean, that's just not what I'm seeing. And um, I'm not quite sure where the disconnect is. Gene, what about the fact uh, people can't remember the last time, you know, you go, you see empty shelves, uh, whether it's, you know, businesses just trying to do business that can't find parts or certainly restaurants, the amount of supplies put food to the side just for them, which is a lot of the basic supplies have jacked up. We, where did this, uh, it, it just seems to be almost like we're in a death spiral. I don't know if it's that bad. I mean, I listen, you know, it, it, realistically, you can't shut down, you know, basically the world's two biggest economies, you know, you know, China and the U.S. for a significant period of time, like we saw in 2020 and, you know, many parts of it in 2021 without there just being, you know, disruptions in, in the supply chain. I mean, it, it does make you appreciate, doesn't it, just how sort of fragile the whole chain really is that something like this can happen and it can cause um, as much, much you know, disruption as it has. Um, and in fact, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that there aren't more shortages on the shelves. I think it's a testament to uh, the many businesses in this country um, and a lot of hardworking people to make sure that that, that stuff is moving around and, and getting out there. So, you know, I, I really, honestly, I'm, I guess I'm a half, is, you know, glasses half full guy, I'm optimistic that these things will work itself out over time. Um, I just think that, you know, what's what's just, you know, exacerbated this is continued mandates and, and lockdowns and restrictions, um, which have kept employees from getting out of their homes and getting into work um, to, to move these things along, you know? Gene, let's start with just the price of gas. How did the price of gas <laughs> get as high as it is? You know, to me, it's interesting because... The price of gas, if, if, if a president handles it properly, it's, it's like billboards on all these city blocks all over the country that are advertising. When people see, to me, it's, it's a lot of it psychological. When you see low price of gas, people hearken back to better times. Wow, look at that. I can fill up my tank for 25 bucks or that type of thing. When the price of gas goes up, people have flashbacks to, you know, uh, the, the Carter years, and, and it, it just brings on this fear that things are not going well and and so in some ways it could be a barrage but how did we even just get where we are right now well listen uh the price of gas as you know is based on you know the price of oil and oil is a commodity and that is subject to just you know, supply and demand around the world um and there have been many 
many things that have interrupted that supply and demand. You know, I mean, John, there's one thing that I found is that you can't um, you, you can't answer any question like this with just one specific answer. There's always a combination of things. So, you know, for example, things like weather has gotten in a way, particularly down on the Gulf Coast, has interrupted supply. Government regulations have certainly gotten in the way um, by, by shutting down or, or hampering the building of new pipelines that continue to bring supply into this country. Obviously, COVID and the pandemic um, has interrupted economic production in Europe and in Asia as well as the U.S. So that has had you know, a back and forth impact on supply as well. Uh, and then, of course, you've got you know, some of the major suppliers like you know, OPEC and even Russia that are throttling their supplies to drive up the price of oil. Because it, it does Vladimir Putin well, um, you know, the higher the price of oil goes. Over the past, I don't know, 15 years or so, we have had the benefit of, you know, of, of a growing oil and gas industry um, led by all the fracking that's been done um, in this country, um, which has made us really independent of, of outside oil. And unfortunately, over the past few years, the rhetoric coming from um, really the Democratic Party, from you know, from, from President Biden, um, has been this is bad, and we have to invest in uh, you know alternative energies, and you know because of climate change and, and all of that, which has shut down. Uh, you know, it has hampered the supply of that same oil and gas. I mean, being in the oil and gas industry right now under the Biden administration is not a really good bet um, because of you know all of the hurdles that that industry is facing. And unfortunately, we're nowhere near getting to the point of, uh, you know, of, of, of sustainable energy, you know, that, that, can, that can replace fossil fuels anytime in the near future. And what's really sad about it is that there's such a, such a huge supply in this country of those fossil fuels. If the government would get out of the way and let those companies get that, you know, get those fuels to the pumps. And in the end, that benefits American businesses, particularly my clients. You, you also have to keep in mind when you talk about the price of gas, I know consumers are impacted when you go to the pump, but, you know, there are so many products in this world that are oil-based products, and my clients spend so much on their own energy bills um, and utility bills, they're all seeing those prices go up. So the restrictive policies that are coming out of Washington are, are driving all of these increased prices, which is just putting more and more pressure on American businesses to figure out what to do. Folks, again, we're speaking with Gene Marks. And Gene, you know, the jobs report was uh, was better than, than, uh, than you know, it obviously was better than what we saw for, you know, August and September. Do you yeah. think is, is the workforce uh, in the country, are they starting to fall back into the, into the, you know, the marketplace? Are they going, in fact, back to work or are a lot of people still staying on the sidelines? I really hope so. <laughs> I mean, like, I always say to myself, like, you know, okay, the government unemployment payments ran out in September, uh, right at Labor Day. So the October report came out, and that was, you know, for September, that was weak. But now, you know, wow, what a surprise when, you know, when you see that the government stops paying people to stay at home through enhanced unemployment benefits, the, the direct result of that is that people have to pay their rent and buy food, they got to get jobs and come out of the market. And so that's why we had a strong jobs report in October. I mean, it's just common sense that, you know, you know, when, when people aren't getting handouts from the government, they're going to have to gain employment. So, yeah, I do see those numbers increasing. Um, and I do think we're going to continue to see strong job reports only for, for a couple of reasons. One is that we're still 4 million jobs behind where we were pre-pandemic. So there's a lot of catching up to do. There's still really strong demand out there for products. I mean, you know, Institute of Supply Management, which does reports every month on demand, purchasing demand, both in the service and manufacturing industries are reporting record highs. I mean, my clients are busy. I mean, they're, they got customers that want products. So, you know, because of that, there is still a demand for workers for sure. Um, and I think we will see those workers come back to the workplace um, over the coming months as long as they're not given more incentives to stay at home. I mean, the other thing to consider is also the health concerns. Um, you know, as, as panicky as people in my home city of Philadelphia, you walk around Philadelphia and you still see, uh, you know, 30, 40% of people wearing masks, you know, outside. Wow. There's still mandates in the city. It's, it's a really crazy environment. It's hmm. like, you know, it's, it's like that way in the Northeast. And then you go around the rest of the country and it's normal. But I think that's changing. I think people are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable and safer getting back to work. 
So I do think people will be coming back to work. The bottom line is that I, I do want to also temper all of that. Even before COVID, there were like 9 million unfilled jobs out there. We still have a worker shortage. So that issue is never going to go away, and employers are going to have to continue to invest in technologies uh, to enhance their businesses and make them as productive as possible. So robots will start to enter the workplace. And I am writing, besides running my own firm, I do a lot of writing. I write for like The Hill. I write for The Washington Times. I yep. write for The Guardian. And um, I am obsessed with that topic. Yeah. You know, I bookmark every week story after story, and I go out in the field to my own clients and I see them, you should see how they are investing in technology in their warehouses and their production floors because the technology has become so much cheaper. You know, just $5,000 or $10,000 for robotic arms that do assembly, for example. And those robots, they don't require health insurance. Yep. They don't ask to work from home. No. They don't complain because somebody's bullying them in the office. Yes. You know, they just work. Yeah. So it's a big, it's a big surge, I'm saying. Folks, again, it's Gene Mark. It's fall very soon. The heating season will be here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. J.K.L. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency infinity heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, Carrier Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today at 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. JKL, 401 351 7600. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 99.9 FM. Well, all fall we have been bringing attention to, drawing your attention to. It has been a crisis with adult men, men over 50, that uh, have felt they have had no options, folks, and have taken their own life. And that's why we've been encouraging people to sign on mantherapy.org to the website and take the they call it a, a head check in someone who's been instrumental in drawing attention to it and uh, been on with us this fall is our friend dr rob harrison and dr rob i have heard from uh, so many different individuals that have said that it's the first time they've ever heard two people and i would mean that would be you and i talk so openly about something that affects people it's something that in the past people have considered almost a, a taboo subject but it's one of those things by talking about it by people seeking health, logging on mantherapy.org, it could actually save lives. Absolutely, John. Uh, you know, it is a difficult subject to talk about, but it's something that really has to be done. The more we, uh, more information we get about uh, suicide and, and mental health problems, and the more we talk about it, the less stigma is going to be around it. And uh, we're much more likely to get people help they need. Um, Right now, the average time between the time an adult re realizes that they have a mental health problem and they get help is about 10 years. So that's 10 years of suffering uh, instead of getting help. We've got to, we've got to just uh, decrease that. We've got to help people a lot sooner um, because a lot of those people do end up taking their lives because they don't have any help. Dr. Rob, what would you say to family member, spouse, who noticed there's a, a change in behavior, seemingly the you know person is as i would say slipping more into a hole i can't in a sense reach them um how would you how would you maybe advise the family the spouse the co-worker the the friend the the parent well i, I think the first thing you should do is, is express your concern and your caring for them um that expression uh goes a long way in helping somebody to open up 
and realize that there's hope because other people care about them. Um, the other thing that's really beneficial is to have some training. Uh, there are some free trainings uh, in, in the area. Uh, one is called Mental Health First Aid, which teaches adults how to recognize that someone may be struggling with a mental health problem. Depression is by far the most common. But uh, there's an action plan associated with that training. Uh, it, it takes about uh, six hours to do the training. It, it's free in a lot of the areas, especially in the southern part of the state. Um, but that training really helps you to, uh, to figure out at an earlier stage that somebody may be struggling with something. Um, then the other part is what I call the waterfall when people are, are really thinking seriously about taking their own life. Uh, the training for that that really works is QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. And that helps any adult to recognize that a young that a person of, of any age might be thinking of suicide, ask a question directly, persuade them to let you help them get some help, and then refer them appropriately. Uh, as I said before, we don't want people, everybody going to the emergency room. Not everybody needs to be there. And it, um, the care right now is not great in most emergency rooms for mental health care. So um, we were trying to get people uh, identified as early as possible. We know that the sooner we identify these problems, the, the better chance we'll have of success. But the other thing people need to be given is hope. They need to know that 90% of people with mental health problems can be helped. Uh, it's about the same as for physical problems, actually. So we need to really uh, get the knowledge, the word out there that um, the help is available. It may take a while. And while you're waiting to get an appointment, going to the, the websites are really great, and Man Therapy is a, is a great one. Um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention also has a lot of good uh, online resources. Um, so there, while you're waiting for an appointment, doing something online can be very helpful. But the other thing you can do is just keep checking in with people. What we call carrying contacts, give them a call or send them a postcard. Not expecting to reply necessarily, but just to let them know that you're thinking about them and you care about them. Uh, studies have shown that carrying contacts really make a big difference in saving people's lives. Folks, again, we'll speak with Dr. Rob Harrison. And Dr. Rob, uh, you have the holidays coming up. You have the continued stress due to the pandemic and everything that's going on right now. Uh, but there is a way that people can, as you said, reach out, get help. It starts by logging on at mantherapy.org. Folks, we're going to continue our conversations with Dr. Rob Harrison. Dr. Rob, great job. as MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, MEGA, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Whether it's commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, also Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery. Listen, you're trying to run your business. You need MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110. You need it fixed. You need, need it fixed in a hurry, and you need it fixed right. Call MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair today. Remember, free estimates, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, and if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, he has a new book out in Trump time. It is Peter Navarro. Peter, first of all, congratulations on the book. Uh, take us through the process that you decided to write this book in the first place. I think it goes back to the very beginning. Now, I, I was only one of three senior White House officials who was with the president all the way from the campaign in 2016, where I served as his uh, chief economic advisor, all the way to the end of what we like to say, uh, the end of his first term. And it, it, what was interesting is early in 2017, when I came into the White House, I was shocked. I don't get shocked easily, but I was shocked by how many people inside the perimeter, inside the White House, inside the administration, were actually di actively disloyal to the president 
and his agenda, who disobeyed the chain of command. And I thought at that point, you know what, I'm going to be part of history in some small or large way. Um, so I better keep a daily journal. And that's what I did. Every night when I came home, no matter how tired I was, I wrote down on what, the, what happened that day. And the In Trump Time book, uh, the In Trump Time means as quickly as possible exp- expression I coined. The In Trump Time book describes the last year uh, of the administration during, during the plague year. And um, I think the beauty of the book is it finally provides an insider's account. It offers the truth of what actually happened and the, the gulf between what people have read about in the, in the fake news and the corporate media versus the actual re- reality about the president himself, about the evil Tony Fauci, about the betrayal of the president by the vice president, Mike Pence, about what communist China actually did to us in terms of attacking America with a virus, and about what happened on both November 3rd and November 6th. Uh, that's what the Interim Time book really is about. It's a book, I think, of both revelations, but also indictments. And um, today, uh, I'm honored to be on your show, because today is the day the book actually officially uh, publishes. Folks, again, we're speaking with Peter Navarro, his new book in Trump Time, Journal of Americans Plague Year. Peter, you write about your uh, first encounter with with Dr. Fauci. What can you tell us about that? Chapter two of In Trump Time, let's take you right into the iconic situation room. It's January 28th, 2020. We're at the, the dawn of the pandemic. There's really only three people in the White House who are taking this pandemic seriously at this point. It's the president, myself, and the National Security Advisor, Robert O'Brien. And the president has dispatched me on a very, very important mission, which is to go to the sit room and convince the White House Coronavirus Task Force, Nason at the time, to support the ban on travel from China. This would turn out to be one of the most prescient and courageous decisions of the president, would save millions of lives. But at that point, he had a lot of opposition. So he sends me, I'm the tip of the spear, I'm his tough guy. I go in, the staff's down at the end of the table, he's chairing the meeting. I got one of, I I love Mike Pompeo, but the people who worked for him were, were just a lot of hacks. And I had one of his hacks by my left shoulder across the way the uh, the Orville Redenbacher doppelganger and Robert Redfield, the CDC head, um, just one of the most bumbling bureaucrats I've ever met. And you had Azar there, right? So I knew I was going to have problems with the four of these guys. But across from me, there's this little guy, little round glasses, didn't know he walked on water, didn't know he was a saint. He was just a guy, right? And two minutes in, I'm in a violent argument with him. <laughs> and he keeps insisting that, he keeps insisting that travel bans don't work. Like a parent, like that. I'm, I'm going, dude. And I actually said to him, dude, it's like, uh, dude, it's like, you mean to tell me that if you got 20,000 Chinese nationals coming in a day, uh, many from Wuhan, many of them lit up like a Christmas tree with virus, that it, it's like, come on down, like let them in, right? No, 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 we're not doing that. So... The, the meeting erupted, it ended like in total chaos um, with me fighting him and Mulvaney and everybody else. But but at the end of the day, I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking he thinks he's smarter than he is, which is dangerous. But but I knew right then, I knew right then he was going to hurt both the nation and the president. But here's the interesting thing about that story uh, in the In Trump Time book. It's the lie not the Congress, which which Fauci did, but was the lie of omission. Let me let me explain something that, that people need to understand in this country very clearly. At the at, by that point, early in the pandemic, Fauci already knew that he was culpable in the pandemic. What did we know right then? We knew that the, the virus came from Wuhan. We knew that the virus popped up within yards of a Wuhan bioweapons lab. We knew that Fauci funded that lab through grants we knew that he authorized gain-of-function experiments at that lab which which were capable of turning harmless bat viruses into human killers and here's the here's the kicker he received an email from a top scientist that very month that told him flat out this thing was genetically engineered 
the lie of omission, the big lie of omission of Tony Fauci was not to tell me, the president, and the task force that that thing likely came from the lab. He never raised that issue. It cost millions of lives worldwide, hundreds of thousands of American lives. That man belongs in an orange jumpsuit, not as the <laughs> highest paid bureaucrat and plaque of the Biden administration. Folks, we're speaking with Peter Navarro, his book in Trump Time, a journal of America's plague. Yeah, Peter, I want to tell you, I read a lot of books. I don't know if you realize how funny you are. I was literally laughing out loud <laughs> reading this book. And it sounds, you know, as I'm now talking to you, I can now I can picture your voice as I was reading it. I mean, folks, it is such like a straight from the hip. No BS. Um, Peter, I, I have to ask you, I mean, aren't you, are you surprised that nine months in the Biden administration is already, you know, completely, uh, the Titanic 71% feel he's on the wrong path. I mean, they've already lost their way. Not surprised at all. I, I predicted, uh, right after, uh, the, the transition of power, I guess you'd call it, that Biden would be gone uh, within a year or a year and a half. Uh, simply because it's it was obvious to everybody who wanted to look that this man had diminished mental capacity and that he invariably made bad decisions. I mean, that he was known for that in like within the Obama White House. And he surrounds himself with people who have no understanding whatsoever of how economies work. I mean, look, in, in Obama, Biden was eight years of, of massive federal debt economic stagnation and flat wages right they they they, they. so we come along you know i'm i'm out with with the boss we're campaigning on structural change in the economy tax cuts deregulation strategic energy dominance and fair trade that was our mantra we we put that in and we grow above the forecasts and real wages rise, particularly for black and brown Americans and blue-collar workers. I mean, and so Biden, Biden comes in and then goes, you know, reverts to the Biden incompetence mean. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. And, and, and by the way, when I'm, 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 I'm so honored by what you say about when you read the book. Um, w- when I wrote the book, I actually dictate, I use voice dictation yeah. software, and I try to write for the ear rather than the eye it works so it works and and if you listen to the book what's fun about the audio book i i did the narration myself as you as you might expect i always like the author to do the narration but i also have some guest voices in there uh as part of it so it's more like a dramatic production oh wow steve steve bannon's in it oh boy davis hansen uh, the boss has a little cameo. Corey <laughs> Lewandowski absolutely steals the show. Wow. Uh, when he relates the story, I don't know if you remember the book, the story about him being on Air Force One with Dave Bossie. Yes. And how they're reading the riot act to Jared Kushner and, and campaign about not being ready for uh, for the steal that's about to come. Uh, so he narrates that whole thing. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, for folks who prefer like the audio books, uh, this one, I think you'll find to be uh, a little bit of cut above most of what uh, what you're going to get. But I, the, for me, the book submission, I mean, my mission is to take Fauci down. This is the Fauci fire. <laughs> that guy's got to go. I'm sorry. He is he is a murderer. I make the case. Uh, you don't believe me by the time you get to the end of it. I'll give you double your money back. Uh, we got to hold China accountable. And, and we really do get have to get to the bottom of what happened on november 3rd and january 6th this is going to be the first audio book that i'm going to buy and i hope my family's not listening because you're all getting copies of the book folks it is in trump time journal of america's plague of peter navarro peter i mean i'm going to have you back a pleasure to talk to you congratulations I, this is the best book of 2021 hilarious oh i'm so flattered so that. all right Thank peter you, sir. congratulations Bye-bye. brother's disposal call brother's disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- 
688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517. Folks, you're listing to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Cass. Justin, I want to start off, a lot to unpack regarding this North Kingstown coach. Uh, this is a story that's kind of been bubbling. A little bit's come out here, a little bit's come out here. Something we know is definitely Channel 12 has been looking at this, doing quite a bit of investigating. Boston Globe has been looking into this. Uh, the Providence Journal, Channel 6 and um, Channel 10 are a little late to the game, but they're still on it. But, uh, folks, this is the North Kingstown coach that left the school back in June, ends up at Monsignor Clark, and then we're finding out uh, about these naked body fat tests that he was supposedly conducting where he would test the body fat of members of the basketball team and other students as well. But it had to do with they'd be alone with him in a room off his office where then he would uh, apparently say shy or not shy. If you were shy, you had to keep your underwear on. Not shy, you had to strip completely down naked with the coach. Uh, Justin, very anxious. A lot of different elements to this, but just start off uh, your reaction uh, regarding this story. Well, I, it's almost hard to believe. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating as a psychological matter because you can, you can almost see how people would ignore it, cover it up, talk themselves out of, of taking action when they got it years ago. Uh, but it, it is kind of mind-blowing to think that even for decades, perhaps, no parents came forward, no teachers pushed back. And there's some suggestion that some of them, I, I think you've reported on this, uh, that some of them actually did stuff teachers would comment you know make jokes about it almost and uh, parents would figure well it's just uh just what we have to put up with it's not too bad you know he's not touching them or anything he's just getting them naked but it's just i once you see that it's wrong i think that's it's it's so clear and i i think it's here all along i mean i know uh, my wife's a teacher and for years working especially with younger kids or those with special needs there's a lot of challenge because you're just not allowed to have a naked child with you. And huh. you know, so it's just not something you're allowed to do. It's, it's kind of mind blowing that it's so, it's, it's just not clear and, and that people would miss that. And I think that, I think that puts the people involved in a huge amount of, of, in a, in a big vice at this point. I mean, the, the superintendent Phil Auger is kind of right in the middle of that because these, these teachers, if you're told, if you're told allegations of something, that seems inappropriate in this way. They're required by law to report these things. Uh, and so you, you know, we now hear that there was one student who told Augur in 2018 uh, and it just was allowed to drop. Um, of course, it was one interesting th- item there is WPRI's reporting on that had one version of it and then was quickly edited uh, to say that Augur had just asked the student to come in and talk to other people uh, in the administration and the student didn't want to. But even so, you can't let it drop. You have to investigate. You know, there's no reason uh, a superintendent couldn't take action to to find out whether the allegation was true. It should be possible. Go in a guy's closet and see if he's got a camera set up there like they like he allegedly did. I mean, that's the kind of thing you can check kind of a legal vice there. And I think the other big part of it, I think, especially on the heels of the controversy over some of the books that they're providing to students for LGBT yes. material, I think they're also in kind of a moral and an ideological vice as well, because the book in particular, Gender Queer, I mean, that's got a pi- one picture in it, one of the more controversial pictures in it is of what appears to be a naked man touching what appears to be a naked boy. And so yes. right on the heels of that, and, and when they were arguing for that book, they're saying, oh, well, we need to put this out there so that you know, people who are having, kids who are having these feelings can know it's normal, there's nothing wrong with them. So they're normalizing that kind of an image at the same time that this is going on in the, in the basketball coach in the basketball coach's uh, closet. So th- what do you do with that? I mean, when you, when, so when you took at the legal aspect and the ideological aspect, it's really, you can understand, you know, they shouldn't be, but you can understand why the school committee and superintendent would be, would be disappearing into a locked building to have their meetings and not giving any yes. comment to the 
the protesters because really you've at this point all what they should do is kind of throw up their hands and say you know what we've been on the wrong on the wrong track here we've got to fix it but i i think they're gonna they're gonna drag it out and try to figure out some way to get through this all without too much controversy folks again our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com justin to me the the place nk is it's just so broken simply because anyone who's a parent or your wife's a teacher, I've gotten a phone call from, you know, Mr. DePietro, this is the school nurse. Your daughter's here. She seems to have a headache. Can I have your permission to give her Tylenol? Um, they have to get, teachers have to get a parental slip to show high school students a PG-13 movie or an R-rated film. I think what was so, to me, that shows just how, and think of all the effort they put into you know, they got rid of the father-daughter dance. Uh, you know, Cranston got rid of the prayer banner. It was such a stress on bullying. Um, they go out of their way. And then in the backdrop of, of this, you know, they have uh, apparently, and, and from what I understand, the coach, he's not cooperating, but he wouldn't even deny it. Instead, they were just trying to say he would, in fact, do the tests on their groin and their scrotum and between their thighs. And there they are, naked. And Justin, to me, what what really just stuck out to me as someone that was there on Saturday, you have this apparently a very progressive member of the school committee, and she's standing outside. Keep in mind, they were outside, but she has on a Black Lives Matter mask. Like, Black Lives Matter, you're allowing young boys, and they knew about it, to go in and be apparently alone and naked with this coach. Like, it's so beyond the bounds. And Justin, I'm also curious your thoughts. You know, in Providence, when they had that allegation or you had the, the school administrator that uh, remember he was in the supposedly in the gym in Warwick and got arrested and would say, hey, what kind of sneakers are those and take off the kid's sock and start to rub his thigh and so forth. Harrison Peters, the school superintendent of Providence, he lost his job, even though there was no allegation that that man was doing that in Providence. Is there some kind of double standard that as long as bunch of white kids apparently mostly in uh, in nk that it's it's okay but like how dare they step forward that they're so woke and these are the issues that are important to us and gender queer and black lives matter and and behind closed doors you're allowing this going on at your school yeah well the, i mean it is as, as you you know you describe what he was doing it occurred to me that one point that's not being emphasized is it's not like this was the school nurse doing this stuff right, right. i mean this no. is the, there's, there's no the basket a basketball coach does not need to know your body no. fat i mean right. it just there's if you if you want to test for fitness come up with tests yep. for fitness you sure. know, your percentage body fat is none of his business really particularly in your private area you may have very but um, the the uh, I think th- to me the double standard versus and it, it's really interesting how you you know connected to Providence there the real double standard is who has the power and who is whose friend and That's how is right. that uh, so in Providence the the union and the establishment of the Providence schools who want to maintain the terrible job that they're doing and not not have be accountable for that it was convenient for them to make an issue of that and try to see how far up the ladder they could go driving people out of office it stopped before it got to the education commissioner but uh that's what they were shooting for with that story so they played they made it a big deal they i mean it wasn't a small deal but they made it seem like this huge thing and everybody should have known and it never should have happened whereas this you know you've got i don't know if it's white black but you've got the you've got a basketball coach who's He's in with all the, you know, the Rhode Island establishment. He's having success in the school district. Uh, you know, nobody wants to find anything wrong with that. Now, if he had been, I don't know, say a, a conservative Republican supporting, you know, supporting, you know, uh, Joe Trillo or something, just to pull a name out of the hat, I think you'd, you would have seen quite a different treatment of him. And I think it really comes down to it's all of this stuff all the claims about me too i mean we see that with with biden getting a pass from me too um or andrew cuomo for that matter uh me, me too black lives matter all this stuff uh it's not genuine it's it's all an excuse it's all a way to trip people up when they're politically disfavored and i so i think what we're, what you're identifying there and um, before we take a break, I also just want to stress to people, for instance, I, I do know the only instance I've heard of the testing of the body fat is is for a school wrestling team. And even then, because that's where you have a weight class, right? You have somebody wrestles at 98 pounds, 105 pounds. But even then, from what I understand, they brought in an outside company. No one was naked and, and they were just testing them. 
But Justin, about this, as someone that, I mean, I've coached youth sports. I've coached both boys and girls. You take a class, they bet you out. And some of the things they talk about for the protection, by the way, of the coach is make sure you're never alone with a child. Uh, the child, you know, doesn't feel well. Get a parent to go along, you know, if they have to use the bathroom. It's to done to protect the coach in case someone ever says, you know, something was said or the coach touched me inappropriately. You want to do this to protect yourself. What this this is really beyond the pale. And you're exactly right. There was no reason for a basketball coach to be, you know, testing. If anything, basketball the kids tend to be on the thin side. So it, it really wouldn't be an issue. But to think that this was going on, it was it was just kind of seen as that's just the way it is. And I've also heard the union stepped in and protect him and wouldn't even let them fire him. But that will uh, still um, we'll still get more information on that. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz, Politics This Week, right here on the John DePietro Show. Fall is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401-732-6562. You can also find them on Facebook and the website, recooganheating.com. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable residential services. From winter to summer, trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, call RE Coogan and Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie, 401-732-6562. Again, look for them on Facebook and then the website, recooganheating.com. Call now. Keep your home nice and warm. Gas, oil burners, 24 emergency service, RE Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. J. Perry Paving. Always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. Give them a call today. Free estimate 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. A licensed and insured contracting company. Hey, they'll meet their clients' needs no matter how big or how small, whether it's a brand new paving project or maybe just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Reach out to J. Perry Paving. Get a free quote. And remember, no one's better for veterans, two veterans, than J. Perry Paving. If you are a veteran or related to one, have them give them a call. They may do their driveway for them. 401-732-1730. Find them on Facebook. And then the website is letter J, jperrypaving.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there, and that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depetro.com, dipietro.com. 